You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of theparkboard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Arik, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by the publisher of the Bark Board, Mr. Jackson Moore. Jackson, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Lucio. How are you doing? Oh, I'm hanging in there. It's been uh, been kind of an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, vacation, get back from vacation, and then throw out my back and I'm laid up in bed. Nah, you know, it's it's been the usual thing going on right now. How about yourself, Jackson? <laughs> yeah, I've been all right. Um uh, we went to a bunch of camps this month and tracked the Bulldogs recruiting action. And, and uh, yeah, I picked up some food poisoning a little while ago. So, oh, no. <laughs> uh, thankfully, it timed out well so that I didn't miss any of the action. But, um, yeah, it's been a little bit of an adventure as well this month. But, thankfully, it's uh, the off season. <laughs> so so it's, it's me with my back thrown out and you with food poisoning. Wow. <laughs> We're quite a pair out here right now. <laughs> But, you know, even with our troubles going on right now, Fresno State uh, has not been quiet these last few weeks. Uh, Jackson's been pretty busy reporting all the latest news so far. If you haven't checked it out, it's over at thebarkboard.com. But, Jackson, it seems like the Bulldogs are keeping you pretty busy at the moment. Yeah, they sure are. Um, you know, a lot of the uh, you know, Power 5 schools and some of the Mountain West schools even, they're doing their official visits in June trying to really make a big recruiting push now. The Bulldogs, they don't do that. It's a little, it's a little hot in Fresno, and there's maybe not a lot going on. So, you know, bringing the recruit on campus with 110 degree heat and and no action on campus is not the most attractive time to bring official visits on campus. They're usually going to do theirs in the fall and, and try to score on some better weather and, and the Bulldog Stadium atmosphere. So you would think there wouldn't be a whole lot going on around Fresno State this month, but it has not stopped them at all. They picked up. Uh, six late commitments for the 2022 football team over the past uh, month or so, and they've picked up another three high schoolers, the junior college guys, for the 2023 recruiting class. Uh, they've been out at camps, and they posted uh, three major camps on their own campus. I uh, was at two of those, and our Gabe Camarillo helped fill in for one of the other ones, and I went out to Sacramento, where uh, Fresno State was one of 11 Mountain West schools, and 12 other Pac-12 schools that were out there scouting. So, I mean, June's a big-time month, not just for recruiting, but for this also this current team trying to fill those last needs and, and kind of making that mad dash for some last positions. And uh, the Bulldogs have sure accomplished that. Yeah, it's been uh, been very fun to watch what the Bulldogs have been able to do. And, of course, you don't want uh, – if you're Fresno, you don't want to start bringing in recruits during this kind of weather right now because – Let's face it, it is kind of nasty out there right now. And so they're they're waiting for that right opportunity where you get some beautiful weather, some things going on, you bring in the recruit and have them fall in love with the area. And then uh, when summer rolls around, they're like, whoa, what did I get myself into? <laughs> but but that's, uh, that's the, the usual case uh, around here. People don't realize how hot it gets over here until they're actually here. But, but, well, uh, yeah, it was funny how the camps worked out because the first one on June 1st, it, was, it wasn't too, too bad. And I heard some recruits from out of town complaining, and the local guys were saying, Oh, you've you never been here before. This is nice. Then <laughs> <laughs> the second camp around that I didn't even make it out to, I think it was a 106 degree day. And <laughs> it was all the local teams. So I guess they were all probably used to it, and it didn't hurt them too bad. And then the major high school camp where you've got, they had 500 or so recruits come out, and this was an event where you know they're scouting individuals, position skills, and, and a lot of players, mostly from around the state, come in. And that day was only in the 80s. It was that one really nice day we <laughs> a couple of days we had in the valley, and I even saw people watching the event wearing jackets <laughs> that morning. So uh, the Bulldogs lucked out on that one. Uh, some recruits that came for that trip. Uh, they they might not realize how <laughs> how hot it can get, and then just over this past weekend it was moving day, so uh, it was sure hot for all the freshmen coming in. I'm sure they'll be getting adjusted real quick. 
Oh yeah, it, and it, it's it's funny because they you know they people who don't know they they come here and they think that it's it's hot when it's eighty degrees until they get to the the triple digits and then they realize whoa okay it can get hotter. the The good part is it's a dry heat. It's not very humid here. However, if you're not used to it, it's kind of a little bit of a shock to the system at first until you get used to it. But uh, most of the players that are, that are here grow to love it um I, hey more power to them i'd rather spend my my days indoors when it's hot outside but well <laughs> you know if they like being out there that's uh more power to them but uh jackson we've got quite a bit of recruits that have committed to fresno state since uh we last spoke and of course i think we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and start kind of going through each one of these players so that uh, the the fans out there can know exactly what the Bulldogs have been up to, so why don't we why don't we give it a a, a go at some of these players here? And let's start off at the quarterback position. Fresno State picked up a commit uh, a uh, a transfer commit out of Illinois by the name of Matt Campbell. And uh, what's the scoop on him, Jackson? Yeah, I mean, a uh, quarterback addition is going to automatically be one of the most intriguing of the list for sure. Um, this is a situation where Campbell was at Illinois. He's been there for four years. He got his degree, and now with the COVID waiver, he's not only eligible for another year because he redshirted, but he's got two years. So this is a deal where Fresno State, they haven't figured out their backup quarterback situation yet. Uh, Logan Fife and Jalen Henderson split all the reps in the spring after essentially competing for the spot throughout last season. It did seem like Henderson started to pull out with that thing as he got the the last two appearances where they needed a a second quarterback after Fife was the guy in the the season opener. Um, But it was never quite settled. And when it's not settled, you don't really know. And the coaches probably aren't going to come out and say, is it because you've got two really good quarterbacks and you can't decide or it's because you don't have confidence in either one of them and uh, I don't want to make that sound too harsh because they're both very young they both have four years of eligibility to go so there would be no fault to their own if they're not quite ready to step in they could still one of those two end up being a a starting quarterback here at Fresno State in the near future Uh, but when you're talking about this 2022 football team that has so high expectations they have so much writing really you know you think about what could stop the Bulldogs from achieving the type of magical season or even just a a very, very good season. And of course, Jake Hayner's health has got to be at the top of that list. If if Hayner has, uh, if anything happens to him during the season where he can't go, you know, you would certainly change your expectations going from Hayner, who was named Phil Steele's fourth team All-American recently. I mean, that's a pretty big deal to go from that to a freshman, a redshirt freshman who's never played or never started at least. I think there's only about 30 combined passing attempts in the Bulldogs room behind Hayner before Campbell coming in here. So uh, Campbell helps address the need if he can become the start, uh, the backup quarterback this season. He's at least experienced. He started a few games at Illinois. Uh, really, he's got a kind of a weird trajectory there. He is originally from Southern California, played in the Trinity League. It was a, a pretty solid high school recruit coming out. Not a huge Power 5 guy, but did get that Illinois opportunity and went out there. He was their backup quarterback pretty quickly and made a starting appearance or two uh, in 2019. Then during the COVID year, they did have a, a deal where a bunch of their quarterbacks got, uh, got ill or were contact traced. And even though Campbell was not the backup quarterback that year, he did make another start and unfortunately was injured uh, very early into that start. So uh, it's been a little while since he's had a chance to really show what he can do, but he does have that experience. In uh, 2019, he did start against the top 25 Michigan team. He started against a Minnesota team as well. And so he's got uh, some you know, live action game experience and some pretty, uh, what could be nerve wracking scenarios. And he held up pretty well in those as well. Not not huge numbers, but no interceptions or anything like that either. So you figure, you know, if the Bulldogs are at the Coliseum or if they're at the Blue Turf or San Diego State's in town and 
all of a sudden they need another quarterback, they'd probably tend to go to Campbell, I would think, all things being equal with the other backups. As a guy that maybe won't have the nerves and won't have the, um, you know, the doubts in those types of situations. So that, that's a big help for the Bulldogs. Um, and the Bulldogs also have Joshua Wood coming in, who is another three-star high schooler. So there's going to be some more competition, as many as four quarterbacks battling for that job. And then the other part about Campbell is that he is going to be eligible for 2023. So again, you know, if you've got a young quarterback room and no one emerges and they're not ready, uh, Campbell could also fill in for 2023 and be a starter there and help bridge the gap until someone emerges in 2024. Yeah, so I mean, adding another quarterback to the mix of uh, already uh, a number of quarterbacks on Fresno State, uh, that that only is going to mix things up once we uh, start hitting fall camp, right, Jackson? I mean, there's got to be a, a number of these guys who are thinking, well, if I don't, if I'm getting buried on a depth chart, I may have to look elsewhere. Do you, do you see that happening? Yeah, I think, I mean, that day is going to come. Um, you know, as we've noted, even at Fresno State, even before the transfer portal, scholarship players that come in as high schoolers and don't get the starting job almost never <laughs> finish their career here or at most schools. So there's probably going to be a day where that's going to happen. But I think the way that the Bulldogs have it set up and the way that Coach Tedford has the room set up, I think it's only going to happen if you've got someone that's just so far out of the race and so far out of the mix. Because um, this year's backup quarterback battle, I don't think necessarily means whoever's number two this year is automatically going to start in 2023 because this year is more about, you know, experience and having someone ready behind Jake Hayner and giving them the best chance to compete in a emergency situation this year. Whereas 2023, of course, you know, it's going to be a, a little bit of a younger team. You're not going to have some of the star power. There's probably not going to be as big of expectations on that team. And you could afford to, put out a younger quarterback and maybe take some lumps and some growing pains early on and, and you know, bet on your long-term future. So I think if you're one of those young quarterbacks in that room and if you're not the backup this year, you can still go into 2023 thinking that you can compete for that job and potentially earn it. And then I think after 2023, I mean, you could have another round where if Campbell perhaps starts, all those young quarterbacks are still going to have quite a bit of eligibility still by 2024 and could go after it again for another quarterback competition. So eventually that room's going to whittle down quite a bit, <laughs> but I think it is layered in a way that it's not going to happen immediately this year, or maybe even next year. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see if anybody wants to, to kind of do something sooner rather than later. So uh, only time will tell. But, of course, next on the list is a player at a position that the Bulldogs really have some question marks, and that's the running back position. Um, and so they went out into the transfer portal and were able to pick up a running back from Missouri by the name of Simi Bakari, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know me in names, Jackson, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I tried to get it as best as I could. So I'm saying Simi Bakari, if, if I'm correct here. You got it. And, uh, yeah, another position where the Bulldogs feel really, really good about their starter with Jordan Mims coming back. And they don't have Ronnie Rivers, of course, who's gone on to the NFL. But if you have Jordan Mims and the way that he played when he did replace Rivers last year, you sure feel really good about what you've got. But, again, you know, what's the drop-off if Mims has to leave? Or, you know, he's not going to be able to take every carry, <laughs> of course. And so that's a concern. And uh, he is also, of course, a player that does have an injury history here in the, the, even the recent future at Fresno State, or the recent past at Fresno State. So he definitely needed to shore that up. And we didn't get a lot of answers out of spring. And I think, if anything, we got more questions because Jordan Wilmore was the guy that was competing to be one of those next running backs, and he entered the transfer portal after spring. You know, Jordan Hornbeek was a uh, long-term uh, prospective running back for the Bulldogs as a, a big time recruit in last year's class and he also left the team into the portal too so all of a sudden it was not just who's going to be next after Jordan Mims but uh, do they have enough guys even in the room 
really uh, whittled down and, and it got thin in a hurry. Uh, but the Bulldogs do have Malik Sherrod coming back, and uh, that's a guy they feel pretty good about. And he's going to probably be in that committee as a, a smaller back, similar to the, the Ronnie Rivers mold. But Bakari is going to give the Bulldogs a much bigger uh, presence in the room as well. Um, he is listed by Missouri at six foot three. I've heard he's not that tall. <laughs> he might not be that tall by a, a pretty good margin, but he's still going to be a massively bigger prospect than uh, Sherrod is going to be. Um, so it does gonna, it is going to give the Bulldogs kind of a bigger option, a, a backup running back, and a, a smaller option with Sherrod. Uh, there's a couple other guys that might end up contributing, but it definitely looks like Mims, Bakari, Sherrod would be the likely three running backs that are going to contribute uh, the most. And, I mean, it was a big get for Fresno State to go into the SEC territory and get a running back. And, uh, he's another guy that's got two years of eligibility. So, again, the guy that's going to help fill in the gap this year and could be the premier player next year if he earns it. But um, right now, the, the Bulldogs are definitely just concerned about getting Mims out there and having the capable guys next up after him. And it does look like they, they did that here. Uh, Bakari didn't play a whole lot at Missouri the last couple of years. He had a very promising freshman year in, in the second year at Missouri, but didn't see any carries the last two years, mostly played on special teams. So uh, he's a guy that's been hungry to uh, contribute and, and see the ball and uh, this will be a good opportunity for him. Yeah, absolutely, especially with the big question marks with Mims' uh, ability to stay healthy. Um, when he's healthy, he's very effective, but um, he's been uh, pretty injury-prone uh, throughout his career here at Fresno State. So uh, only time's going to tell to see if he's going to be able to make it through a season without getting dinged up. And you need somebody back there to kind of take the load off, and hopefully Bakari is going to be that guy. Uh, but in addition to adding the running back, of course, Fresno State uh, had to go out and, and search for some some offensive line replacements uh, to help shore up that offensive line because uh, that's another section that's kind of been uh, having some question marks. Um, and first of all, they went out and went to a prep school um, and picked up uh, Matai Bell. I believe is what it says, <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Matai Bell, he's a, a guy from uh, Moraga, actually, up in the Bay Area. Um, but from my understanding, he did commit to Army in 2021, uh, which would make him a recruit for Fresno State's new offensive line coach, Saga Tuatele, who was at Army. And if I understand correct, um, a lot of the or the service academies, a lot of them do have prep schools where some of the recruits will go to the prep school to kind of transition uh, to service academy life. Uh, they can play football there and uh, play against other prep schools, and it doesn't account against their eligibility. So it does look like uh, Bell went that route, and since. Uh, Tuatelli left and whatever else went into a situation. He decided not to go through with going to, to West Point and reopened his recruitment. And now Tuatelli's here at Fresno State. And um, uh, I know Bell put on social media, one door closes and another opens. So well, maybe this opportunity wasn't there anymore. I, I don't know. But uh, it does give the Bulldogs a three-star offensive lineman with local ties or, or regional ties at least. A uh, six foot three, three hundred and fifteen pounder who uh, is going to give the Bulldogs uh, some size, and it's just not one of those guys that's a, a true true freshman. He's going to have the eligibility of a true freshman, but he has a year of experience under his belt and a year of developing, and could be a guy that could uh, help give some depth as well to this team. It, it would be hard to see him uh, just coming in here and starting right away, but. Uh, it's not going to be just your typical true freshman w with his background. So uh, the Bulldogs have lost uh, a lineman or two here over the last month or two. We've been tracking not just commits, but a number of players that have left the team as well. Uh, some of those publicly, some of those have been quiet. We've got them on the premium board. So uh, the Bulldogs did have a, a hole to fill on the O-line, and it looks like Bill's going to be that guy. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, and that's definitely something that the Bulldogs are, are have to be concerned with is that offensive line pos- uh, position, um, and and basically trying to build some depth at that position. And by by thinking about that, they also went out and picked up a second offensive lineman uh, out of Franklin High School by the name of Emil Savage. Uh, and so, what's the scoop on him? Yeah, so I believe Savage is going to come in as a preferred walk-on, but this story was too fun. I had to make sure I included him uh, with all with these other guys. I, I interviewed Emil, and um, so he uh, went to his first college football game a few years back. His dad took him to Bulldog Stadium, and he said he had never been to a football game before, and uh, he just loved it, and he loved the Red Wave, and everyone chanting Fresno and State, and he was just, all about it and so then he, he started really getting into football at his high school which is a it's not a small high school but in terms of football uh, they are not a powerhouse by any means it's not a place that puts out a lot of recruits out in elk grove there are schools in elk grove certainly that do that uh, he was not one of them um, and so didn't get recruited a whole lot did get a, a number of smaller school offers and division twos and, and that and so what Savage did is he was one of the be a bulldog. He him and his dad got in the car and they drove down to Bulldog Stadium and they knocked on the office of the football program and they dropped off transcripts and a flash drive with his highlights on it and said, I want to be a bulldog and <laughs> let, let it run its course. It was the dead period when he was there. So he couldn't have face to face interaction. He just had to kind of leave it at the office and hope for the best. And not too long after coach Tuatelli got back to him and then they started really, you know, getting involved in the recruiting process. And before you know it, the Bulldogs had an opportunity for him. So, I mean, just an awesome story, an awesome name. I mean, Savage has an offensive lineman. <laughs> it doesn't get a whole lot better than that. <laughs> uh, and with his story and him, you know, a lot of recruits fall in love with Fresno state as they're being recruited, not too many of them, you know, unless they're local guys, uh, really local are, are just in love with the Bulldogs and our big Bulldog fans before they become Fresno state recruits. And so Savage is one of those guys. I'm, I'm definitely pulling for him and it's going to be fun to see uh, how things work out for him here. Yeah, that's a, that's an awesome story about him. He, it seems like uh, his lifelong dream of becoming a Bulldog is uh, something he really took serious. And just just having the, the fortitude of, of taking that all of his information and just dropping it off at the Bulldog offices, uh, <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, and, and to have the coaches actually look at it and say, hey, you know, we should give this guy a shot. He looks like he's uh, he's got what we're looking for. So it's going to be interesting to see his development and and how he progresses because this is a, seems like a, a kind of a, a Cinderella story for him, so to speak. Um, but moving on, the Bulldogs again have another position that they're kind of not quite sure what they have because there was some quite a few departures that were key players for the defensive line of uh, Fresno State. So they're bringing in another guy uh, from a junior college by the name of John Sniffen. Am, <laughs> am I reading that right, Jackson? I believe so. And um, <laughs> John Sniffen is from Hawaii. Uh, so it's not your, your typical. Uh, he's from Hancock College in Santa Maria, but he's originally from Hawaii, so he's got a interesting background, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's got the you know the background from Hawaii. He's just the, the name is, I don't know what what the sniffing is. I don't think I've ever seen last name, but uh, I believe he does have Polynesian uh, oh, background. And, all the possibilities, uh, you know, <laughs> he's sniffing out the quarterback. You know, yeah, just... exactly, <laughs> <laughs> and so. Um, this was a very sudden need for Fresno State. As you mentioned, they've lost some players. Uh, they did have Kevin Atkins, who after six years uh, went off to the NFL. He's doing pretty well with the 49ers, it looks like. They had Ryan Bame, who was a, a one-year fill-in from Cal Poly, and he did well. He started some games for the Dogs, especially at the end of the year when Leonard Payne was injured. Um, the Bulldogs do bring back Leonard Payne, and they bring back Matt Lawson. Lawson. Um, they have Julius Lewis, who was returning and 
entered the transfer portal after spring practice. So you know, things were getting thinned out pretty quick. Um, but it got worse recently when Evan Bennett, who also started some games for the Bulldogs last year, a transfer from Oregon State, who still had three years of eligibility to go, uh, decided to part ways from the team. Uh, from my understanding, he is going to remain at Fresno State and get his degree and cheer on the dogs, but it, it looks like he was just uh, done with football, which you know is, is certainly up to him and is a, you know, rooting for him for whatever he does next, but it, it did put the Bulldogs in a little bit of a tough spot because he, he was projected to start. He spent the whole spring camp as the starting defensive tackle next to Leonard Payne. Um, and so the Bulldogs had uh, you know, not just uh, potentially a starting role to fill because there are some guys that they've brought in. They did bring in Johnny Hudson, the junior college defensive lineman, who had a, a pretty good spring. Uh, they also have Joshua Pacola coming in from Stanford, uh, who could very well be a starter uh, if he lives up to his four-star rating that he had out of high school. But just the numbers-wise, you're talking about um, you know, maybe four defensive tackles, three defensive tackles now that you know, there's just not enough guys. You need some more reliable depth if you have injuries or you need players to come in and out during a given game. You like to have four that you feel really good about and definitely at least a fifth in case of injuries. So the Bulldogs got on it last week. They sniffed out a, a recruit <laughs> that they needed to add to the roster. And uh, John Sniffen's a guy that, that didn't have a lot of uh, uh, recruiting resume to him, to my knowledge. Uh, didn't have even a 24-7 sports profile here uh, up until last week. But you look at his numbers and it's hard to, to figure that out why he hasn't because he does have size. He's about 6'3", 280 or so. And um, you just you look at his numbers. Or, well, actually, we've got him at 6'3", 295. Um, but he had some big numbers in junior college. He had 40 tackles, 13.5 tackles for loss, and 7.5 sacks. I mean, that's a I mean, especially a defensive tackle. That's those are that's a tough spot sometimes to get numbers. Sometimes you're filling space and just eating up space and letting the other guys get the glory. But he put up big numbers last year. Uh, he's also uh, a third-year junior college guy. He unfortunately, with all the others, they lost their 2020 season due to COVID. None of them played. And then in, in 2019, he was a freshman there. So. He's got three years under his belt, and he's going to have two years of eligibility for the Bulldogs, plus a red shirt if he needs it. So it looks like Fresno State has successfully filled this gap that they had at defensive tackle. Yeah, that's um, very important for the Bulldogs to kind of try and, and shore up that uh, that line because there was a lot of key players who left, and uh, and you know with some other departures happening. Uh, it's it's become uh, a question mark for the Bulldogs right now as to what the, what it is they have uh, left, and uh, by adding a player like uh, like Sniffin here, um, that might help go uh, shore up that that defensive line. Now they didn't stop there; they also added a defensive end um, by from Stanford, uh, another transfer um, by the name of Andres Fox. So he's. Uh, this is going to be another one of those that's going to come in uh, for the defensive end position. Yeah, and so and another from Stanford, as you mentioned, they already have Pacola coming in. Who uh, I know he's listed as an edge on the, the commitment list if you look on twenty four seven Sports, but um, he was a four star edge in high school, and he just bulked up uh, to over three hundred pounds. And so he's a, a tackle definitely for the Bulldogs. And Fox is a guy that. He played outside linebacker for Stanford. They run a 3-4 defense, so uh, that does basically translate to defensive end at Fresno State and their four-man defensive front. Um, you know, we really uh, actually don't have a clear picture of what Fresno State's going to do defensively. Uh, they did keep a lot of it under wraps. Um, it looks like the Bulldogs could be multiple if they have the personnel to do it, so Fox could even play some outside linebacker. Fresno State if that is a position that's even on the field um, but right now they did need uh, some defensive end depth uh, Fox has experience as an edge rusher and as a drop back outside linebacker so he can help fill that need he's at six foot four 245 pounds um, he spent four years at Stanford he played a lot of football a lot of games but it was mostly a, a second team guy that would come in and play 
I mean, about 15 snaps or so a game, and so it doesn't have huge statistics to his uh, resume, and that's something he's hoping that he can change at Fresno State is to just be on the field more and have more opportunities to contribute. Um, Fox, he just came into to Fresno State this past week where he had originally committed to Virginia, and he had a lot of other Power 5 schools that were after him way back in February. Uh, he had schools like Maryland and Miami and Florida State were all after him. He's originally from Alabama as well, so does have uh, ties or roots uh, back to the southeast. Um, but out here, kind of out of the blue, late in the game, he ended up taking a visit to Fresno State and uh, decided to, to be a Bulldog. So uh, this one's a, a pretty big deal for Fresno State. They do have David Perales coming back, and they have were able to re-get Isaiah Johnson, who entered the portal during last season, and uh, Coach Tedford mended things with him, got him back on the team. So even though the Bulldogs are, are going to miss Aaron Mosby a lot and uh, Kwame Jones as well, uh, they are, are pretty well set with the starting lineup, even if uh, Fox is, is not in it. But depth was definitely a key concern. Um, Devo Bridges played a bit for the Bulldogs last year as a second teamer, as did Marcus Johnson. And uh, in spring, Demarcus Johnson did suffer an injury, and it's a little unclear if that's going to linger into August at all. So definitely want to make sure you've got uh, your two deep figured out and. And Fox is definitely going to help address that. And again, uh, Fox is a guy that's got two years of eligibility. So uh, another guy that could contribute now. And if he's not already a starter, he could be next year by the time Perales graduates. So uh, a lot of those guys included in this transfer list of 10 transfers coming to Fresno State from FBS schools, or, or at least Division One schools for the most part. And... Um, uh, some definite needs filled. And the Stanford one is interesting because uh, it's a school that they're not keeping a lot of graduate transfers on their campus. Um, it's, sometimes it's tough for a lot of those guys to get into those schools. So they did have quite a few graduates that both redshirted and have a COVID year that just were kind of forced to hit the portal. And Fox, I believe, is one of those guys and uh, is going to be a, a definite benefit for the Bulldogs. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a, a, a good need for, for the Bulldogs, a good pickup there. Um, it's uh, it, it's interesting to see how how things are starting to kind of, uh, the the gears are changing for the Bulldogs. So, you know, here we thought things were, they had enough depth at certain positions, and then as soon as, the closer we get to fall, we're finding that that depth is not as much as they thought it was going to be as players uh some players have taken off uh, do you see this as a as kind of a concern for the bulldogs right now jackson as 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 they start to look into some of these other positions yeah you know it's, it's a concern if they can't fill it and i think so far they've done a pretty good job filling in those gaps especially this last week where um you know the commits we just discussed have kind of come over a range over the last month or so but uh, Sniffin and Fox were right here just in the last week, and those were two very, very uh, serious needs that Fresno State needed to fill, and now they've done it. So, um, the, again, running back, that was a, a concern. They were able to go get one, and I think they've got two preferred walk-ons coming in at least for some emergency depth, so they should be okay there. And it, it just kind of shows the change in the – uh, recruiting cycle and the environment we're in right now because uh, you know previously it would be very tough to find replacements in June but now you've got the transfer portal there's guys floating around or are even still going through the recruiting process as transfers uh, that are available that the, ball, the Bulldogs have been able to get and you've also got junior college players who a lot of them slipped under the radar under COVID because of missing a season and you've got a lot of teams that would rather go to the transfer portal than to the junior college route. And so some of the more of those guys, even a greater number of those guys, slipped under the radar. So the Bulldogs have been able to, to work that. They've been able to work the transfer portal. Um, you consider the team didn't lose a whole ton. There are a few real key players they're going to miss next season. But uh, to bring in 10 transfers to help fill some spots, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I think the Bulldogs are probably going to come out and a, a net positive when it comes to roster turnover 
from last year to this year. Um, but you just go into the season with some question marks, and uh, it seems like on paper they do have the personnel to fill those question marks. So this is probably the biggest deal of depth. Uh, can they survive an injury here or an injury there? Uh, that's just something that we're going to have to cross our fingers and, and see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the way the Bulldogs have been handling it, especially uh, Coach Tedford in this new era of the uh, transfer portal, he's uh, he's he seems to be figuring things out uh, as far as picking up what he needs from from other teams, so to speak. Uh, it's almost kind of like a uh, like a, a free agent board, pretty much. He, he's able to scour through it and figure out which players he wants and and, and try and plug in some pieces there. So it's uh, I equate it to college football's version of the free agency board that the NFL has. Pretty much, it's it's almost the same thing, don't you think, Jackson? It's kind of it's kind of almost the same kind of concept. Yeah, yeah, it's getting there to a degree, um, but. Uh, I think there's two levels of the free agency deal. You've got guys at the very, very top of the transfer portal that seem to be pulling in some some dollars figures to, to go to various schools. Um, I think when you're Fresno State and, and these types of recruits, it's just looking for mutual fit, and you're not in a any sort of auction to, to try to buy players or anything like that. So they they have these different pools. There's transfer portal players, there's junior college players, there's even some late high schoolers they can go for, and uh, it's just a much deeper and larger pool than anything that's, that's ever existed for college football before. Yeah, it's definitely kind of changed the game and uh, and the whole level of uh, the playing field, so to speak. So that's just something that coaches have to get adjusted for moving forward. Now, we're not done with the list of, of uh, commits here. Um the next position um, is uh, at the wide receiver position, a position that you know we the Bulldogs have pretty good depth there, but they're not stopping there. They're going to go ahead and add another wide receiver to the mix, uh, a, a junior college transfer um, by the name of Josiah Freeman. And what's the scoop on him, Jackson? Yeah, so these next few commits we're going to run through, they're going to be for the 2023 team. And that's what makes Freeman pretty interesting as a junior college guy to commit this early um you know usually junior college players they'll wait for their junior college season and they will make a decision more so around december make the move to their school as a mid-year guy Uh, maybe some of them will wait a little longer even if they don't have their degree yet um but josiah freeman i mean he's been recruited by fresno state for a long time uh they've been he's been coming to games and spring practice and the spring game and there's been a real good mutual connection but the Bulldogs just didn't pull the trigger on an offer till uh, earlier this month at the Sacramento State Camp where they got to see him in person and watch him and, and talk to him for a while and they decided to offer him and within a week uh, Freeman made the decision to commit and so he does still need to go to junior college this fall he does need to finish up his academics but he has committed to join the Bulldogs in 2023 so we know Fresno State has a whole ton of receiving options right now. We do know it's also going to start thinning out here pretty quick because the reason the Bulldogs are so deep is because a lot of these guys are super seniors and redshirt seniors and, and juniors. So uh, they they do have some guys that are going to start thinning out here in the next year or two. Uh, Ty Jones, Nico Remigio, Zane Pope, but those three guys are all in their super senior year for the Bulldogs. You could have Jalen Cropper be ready for the NFL draft potentially after this season. Um, so, I mean, you could be looking at as many as four of your top six receivers departing after this year, and the Bulldogs are going to need some guys to start filling in. Um, there's a couple of players that are kind of waiting in the wings, guys like Magdalena and uh, Amore Edwards, who we all feel those two guys could play and contribute if it weren't for just the star power that the Bulldogs have right now. Um, but after them, there's just a, a big gap between them and uh, the freshmen that are coming in this year. The Bulldogs haven't recruited a lot of young receivers. So Freeman's going to help fill that in. Um, he is a big six foot three target out of Salinas. Uh, was just not a really a much of a recruit at all out of high school and uh, went to junior college and plugged away at it and, 
worked on his game and has really worked his way up into being a Division One recruit. Uh, he got a lot of other offers as well. A lot of Mountain West schools offered him. Um, but I, I got to see him in person at the Sac State camp. and I mean, he's just 6'3", long, tall. I mean, he's got the dreads, uh, the ponied up on top, so he looks another three inches higher than he is. I mean, he is just a he's a massive receiver, but it, you know, he's long, and he's not slow by any means either. It was just really fun to watch him. And I thought, man, it'd be cool to watch him play for Fresno State for a couple of years. And it looks like we're going to get to see that. So a really good combination of size and speed, uh, something that, you know, it's sometimes hard to get here at Fresno State. And because Freeman flew under the radar and they built such a good relationship with him, it looks like they've really scored here on the recruiting trail. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the Bulldogs do at that right wide receiver position. Like you said, there's a lot of players that are starting to uh, get long in the tooth. Uh, they've been at, around the program for a little bit, uh, a little bit of time now. So uh, if they don't start in uh, sending in a, a new crop of young wide receivers, the, the Bulldogs are going to be finding themselves in a world of hurt here in the next few years. Right, Jackson. <laughs> right. And so you've got, Josh Kelly still has, I believe, three years of eligibility, but you never know. He might be a guy that is NFL draft worthy too before before his sixth year. <laughs> so that's certainly <laughs> possible. And you got Eric Brooks, who's got another year in twenty twenty three as well. So uh, there's a few guys, but it's not going to look like what what this year's group looks like, perhaps. And you know, we now we know with the transfer portal, uh, the Bulldogs can change that in a hurry, but. Uh, they definitely need to start developing that next wave, and uh, Freeman can be the guy that leads that push of the, the next young receivers. Now, also in addition to the 2023 class, the Bulldogs decided to add another defensive lineman, uh, adding to that pool to try and, and solidify what's going on at the defensive line. Um, they've added uh, a player out of Highland High School by the name of Mordecai Hines, and what, what's the scoop on him? Yeah, Hines is a big, he's six foot six, two 275 pounds. The Bulldogs have really got some big defensive linemen in these last three classes. Um, and last year as well, they picked up two big defensive tackles, and they've got two defensive ends that could, you know, they kind of have the size of defensive tackles. So I, I would imagine this is not going to be a huge defensive line class in terms of numbers for Fresno State and not size. Um, but uh, Hines is uh, he does help fill that spot right away. He, he leads the class and as the first defensive lineman, again six foot six, two seventy five out of Palmdale. He did have an offer from San Diego State, but has largely gone under the radar. He is unrated, and uh, is a guy that, from my understanding, Fresno State really scouted out and really wanted. And he did come to the Bulldogs camp earlier this month, and they got a chance to see him in person and, and host him on a, a little bit of a visit there. And so uh, it's just one of those uh, mutual ones that worked out for Fresno State earlier in the process. And um, and also it, it really alleviates some of the pressures of, you know, defensive linemen are just, they're tough to recruit, especially at the Mountain West level. And so for Fresno State to have such a big 2022 class of defensive linemen and now to secure a guy like Hines early on in the process, uh, they can feel really comfortable moving forward. It's going to be, uh, gravy as far as any other defensive lineman they can swing in with that kind of size. Yeah, that's going to be a great addition for the Bulldogs. I love it when they, they pick up these uh, bigger defensive linemen. It's something that the Bulldogs have struggled to do in the past, but it seems like they're having more and more success uh, with that position lately. Um, am I right, Jackson? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, this last class was definitely impressive. They went out Early on in the process, and they got Miles Bailey and Jazon Jacks. Um, a little later on, they got Gabriel Lightfoot, and then just when it seemed like they were done, they went out and got Jacob Holmes, who might be, he could be, uh, as far as recruiting resume goes, the best of the bunch in terms of offers. So, uh, I mean, usually <laughs> you feel good if you got a couple of guys like uh, a class before that, they got Julius Lewis as the, the big headliner, and you felt good about that at that time. But to pull in four legitimate guys, uh, that was an impressive haul by the staff. And 
it seems like Jethro Franklin is, is picking up right where the last half left off. Yeah, it's definitely a good addition there for the Bulldogs to to try and beef up that defensive line, and there it seems like they're out on the right track right uh, right now uh, as far as recruits are concerned. Uh, but last but not least, um, coming in uh, for the Bulldogs in twenty twenty three is for that cornerback position. Um, Fresno State picked up a local player out of uh, Central High School by the name of Amari Conley, and so uh, what's going on there, Jackson? Yeah, Amari hasn't been a really well-known recruit. I believe he has an offer from Montana State, otherwise from besides the Bulldogs. But um, yeah, he is a very fast athlete. Uh, he's a track star at Central. Um, he's part of that either a state championship winning uh, relay team. And he also had some individual performances in the sprint. Um, just one of the fastest athletes in Fresno. And um, he also has uh, very worthy uh, coverage skills as well. Um, comes in as a cornerback. He's uh, probably a little under six feet, He's got tall enough, and uh, just has really impressive athleticism that uh, is someone that I think Fresno State's going to be looking to mold here as well. Again, just not someone that has picked up a ton of interest on the recruiting trail, but someone that Fresno State has seen firsthand and has gotten to know and really likes the high ceiling that he has. So uh, they invested quite a bit in him early on in the process and, and finally pulled the trigger early to be a, a bulldog and stay home. And, I mean, that's a pretty big deal coming from Central. Uh, from my memory, Fresno State has not been able to keep many players home from Central. There's been a few that transferred back, like Javon Bigelow, who's currently on the team, and Mackay Quick. But I think you have to go all the way back to Marvin Haynes in the late 2000s to find a, a central Grizzly who committed to Fresno State out of high school for football uh, as a scholarship player. Um, so hopefully this helps develop that pipeline a little bit better for Fresno State because Central has just been on a tear uh, the last few years. And now you're going to have Garza High School as well. That's going to probably split up the talent a little bit over there too. And you would love to have Fresno State to have more access to, to that pool of talent that's been uh, guys like Xavier Worthy to Texas and guys like um, Jeremiah Hunter and Ricky Correa to Cal, uh, amongst many other D1 players that have come from there. So uh, a really good pickup for Fresno State and a local guy that could really pay off down the line for the dogs. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely good to see the Fresno State's going after some of these, uh, some of these uh, players from the local talent here. Central High, like you said, is not one of the places Fresno State's been too successful in in getting uh, recruiting some players. Uh, it also brings to mind like Edison. A couple of those schools are have been notoriously difficult for Fresno State to pick up uh, players. Um, but uh, you know, the only way you're gonna gonna stop that is by keeping uh, keeping the offers flowing into those schools right Jackson I mean there's no other way to do it other than keep trying yeah yeah you definitely have to build those relationships and you know there's some guys you understand that if they've got like worthy I mean he basically has an offer anywhere <laughs> you know you can you can deal with those that, that go off and, and go to the juggernaut colleges but you'd like to be able to have the that pipeline for the next recruits that you might be able to keep from a couple of Pac-12 schools. And definitely you want the Mountain West guys to stay and, and not go to those other schools. Uh, so uh, this is going to be, a, I think, a, a help into there. And, you know, Coach Tedford, he's got plenty of relationships. A lot of the guys on the staff are local guys that have those relationships. So, uh, I mean, their Fresno State's coaching staff is as well stocked for recruiting locally as you can ask for right now. And then you also factor in when the some of the star faces of this Fresno State team are guys like Jalen Cropper and Josh Kelly, who a lot of these young recruits know. And a lot of them, I mean, we've done stories recently on 2024s and 2025s. I mean, they're still pretty young kids that are, are really looking up to a guy like Jalen Cropper. When they were little kids, I mean, they knew Cropper was, kind of a, a figure around the Valley as a recruit. And now they're becoming recruits and they see Cropper as a star at Fresno state and potentially off to the NFL here pretty soon. So you've got a lot of those 
local players thinking that they could be the next Jalen Cropper or aiming for that. It, uh, I think that's going to help uh, Fresno State as well with maybe keeping some local players home and in, in places that have been tougher than some others. Yeah, all it takes is a couple of players, star quality players uh, locally to commit Fresno State, and then it opens up some eyes for some of the other players. And that's exactly what's happening with Jalen Cropper and his influence and in, in, in getting some of these players to realize that you don't have to go out very far in order to make it uh, as long as as long as you have the talent and the and the willingness to to compete um, you can still make it uh, without having to go to a big name school now with that being said Jackson we just went through the list of all the commits but that doesn't mean necessarily mean that it's over for the Bulldogs. They still have some holes that they need to plug. And, of course, they still have some room to deal with. So where do the Bulldogs stand right now uh, as far as having available spots and needs? Yeah, from my understanding, uh, we've got on the VIP board, if you're not a VIP member already for BarkBoard.com, um, we have a couple of deals going on. You can join for your first month for just a dollar and I check things out and, um, you know, get, kind of get a preview there and uh, for just a buck. And then if you want to join for a year, we've got 30% off for a full year. Um, I mean, you're basically getting like three months for free or a little bit more than that, I believe. Um, so that will lock you in for the full 2022-2023 season. Um, but we've got a full breakdown that shows every position, who all the scholarship guys are, who the walk-ons are, and we're looking at uh, four roster spots by my count right now, um, and we've got two scholarship openings that we have accounted for as well. And so when I look at the walk-on spots, the Bulldogs are still lacking some players on the special teams unit, which I assume will be filled by some of those spots. Uh, they simply don't have a backup punter right now. Um, they, they may have filled that behind the scenes. Sometimes some of those guys are not you know, posting on Twitter the same way that quarterbacks and, and receivers are. Uh, so they definitely need a backup punter. And typically the Bulldogs have three kickers on the roster. Maybe they forego that or they find someone who can punt and kick with that extra roster spot. But I would probably anticipate a punter and a kicker still being added before the season starts uh, and that would fill up the last two walk-on spots and then for the last two scholarship spots I mean they can definitely play around a little bit um, I would think offensive line is still potentially a spot they could fill even with some of the commitments we mentioned uh, they did offer a recruit Isaiah Jada uh, from Snow College earlier this month who was potentially a guy that could come in and compete right away for a spot. And he ultimately was offered by South Carolina and committed there. Uh, so, you know, it's a, a tough market right now to find a junior college or a transfer lineman that can come in and compete right away. Uh, but I think if there's one out there, that would probably be one way the Bulldogs use those scholarships. And then, um, you know, they've got, they've got options with what they want to do uh, with the others. Um, and they could go out and try to get another defensive tackle or defensive end, two spots that are still you know, a little iffy with depth. Uh, running back is another one. So uh, I think probably one of those three spots. Um, linebacker is also another one where you know, the Bulldogs have been running a four-two-five defense. So there's not a big group of linebackers if the Bulldogs wanted to maybe utilize some more three and four linebacker formations. They, they might be able to go out and get another one there. So there's some options. And the good part for Fresno State is that there's not one specific hole that is just totally daunting. Uh, I think we would all appreciate if they could find another O-lineman that could compete. But other than that, uh, there's a few different spots the Bulldogs can go. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of different directions they can go <clears throat> in trying to to shore up this uh, uh, the team before heading into fall camp. Uh, do you expect anything, uh, any more players to be added right before uh, fall camp happens here? Yeah, yeah, I think um, you know we, fall camp should start right around um, August first, and so they've got a little over a month to figure that out, but. I do believe they'll fill those two scholarship spots before camp and they'll have the two walk-ons, which I 
project will be special teams guys. They'll have to get those all figured out right before fall camp. And, uh, you know, I've seen in the past, you can have 110 guys on your team at, when the fall camp starts. And sometimes someone leaves or they, you know, you get a week or two in the camp and you have a defection or someone gets hurt and decides to call it quits. And usually the team has one or two guys <laughs> uh, marked down as, as backup options. So uh, they get real intricate, intricate here with filling up the roster and making sure every spot's accounted for. Yeah, and uh, and if I remember correctly, uh, Jackson, the first time that Tedford, that first year that Tedford came in, uh, we head out to fall camp, and all of a sudden we're looking around, going, um, "We don't know half of these names." Uh, Tedford and, and crew pretty much cleaned house back then, um, but that's not necessarily what's going to happen this year. Do you think, Jackson? Now that Tedford's back, does he kind of go in and and start cleaning house a little bit? Yeah, you know, some of that has gone on um, this off season. Of course, some of these guys he didn't recruit. Some of them he did recruit. Maybe they haven't panned out. We've seen a lot of players that weren't projected to play a whole lot uh, either enter the transfer portal or just leave the team. And uh, some of those guys that were um, in the portal have landed at FCS schools where maybe their talent fits a little bit better than it did here. So. The Bulldogs did not lose a huge group of seniors. They don't lose a whole lot of starters, but you're probably going to be looking at about 35, probably 35-ish new guys for fall camp, and that's already not including some new players that came in the spring. So, I mean, you're probably going to have about 70 returners from last year's team and about 40 newcomers on this year's roster, which is really not all that different from – said for first year really numbers wise but the big difference is that you look at the two deep and what if you've got 44 spots probably 35 of them at least are filled by returners whereas that 2017 team it felt like every position was open and it was just a free-for-all or who was going to play oh i still remember that year we were looking at each other going who is that guy <laughs> we didn't even have him on our list who is that <laughs> it 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 is you know, quite a difference sometimes when a, a new coach takes over. You never know what's going to happen, and and just how quiet they keep things sometimes. Um, Tedford is no exception. He uh, he is a uh, one of those guys who who seems to kind of pull a rabbit out of his hat every so often, and he, and even we don't even see it coming sometimes. So uh, it is it's definitely going to be interesting to see once fall camp rolls around, if there's any surprises for us that we didn't know about. Uh, right, Jackson, I'm pretty sure you know just about everything, but sometimes he sneaks one by you. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, even this past week, the, the two visitors in the commit, Sniffin and Fox, <clears throat> and Bell as well, actually, the three of them kind of came out of nowhere, but we did get some tips <laughs> before those guys came ended up becoming known. Um, but yeah, this there's not a whole lot of spots left for surprises at least so yeah we're looking at, at two openings and again just been a lot of movement this off season, uh, even the last couple of weeks when you've got guys like Evan Bennett depart I mean Veltrade Jefferson who just got here in the spring is not with the team anymore so there's been a lot of players that have departed and uh, fortunately for Fresno State the very large majority of them were, were not players that projected to have major roles this year but uh, a few of them were long-term uh, projects for the Bulldogs or uh, players that projected to be contributors in the coming seasons that we won't see to come into fruition. But uh, in most cases, the Bulldogs replaced those long-term players with guys that are ready to contribute right now. And so you've also got not just players looking to go to other schools for more playing time, but coaches looking to fill those spots with players that are more ready too. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see just how things develop heading into fall camp um, for the Bulldogs. So we'll definitely keep keep our eyes peeled and and uh, ears to the ground uh, just to hear, uh, just to make sure we don't miss anything uh, heading into uh, the new season here. But before we wrap things up, Jackson, we couldn't couldn't end the podcast without giving an, a little bit of an update with Fresno State basketball and where things stand uh, with the Bulldogs there. I know there was uh, uh, NBA uh, draft happened and, uh, you know, not a whole lot happened there, right? 
Yeah, so Orlando Robinson had declared for the draft. He he went through with that and um, went undrafted, unfortunately, for him. Uh, it didn't take him too long to pick up a spot, though. He was signed up by the Miami Heat, uh, so he's going to be on their summer league team. And, you know, I'm sure uh, even the biggest Bulldog basketball fans probably don't watch a lot of NBA summer league, but uh, the Miami Heat are also going to have Bryson Williams on their summer league team, who, of course, starred for the Bulldogs for a couple of years out of local Roosevelt and went followed Coach Terry to UTEP and had a really big year at Texas Tech this past season. So, could be a lot of fun for Bulldog fans to tune in and watch Bryson Williams and Orlando Robinson maybe on the court together, uh, which would have been awesome to see at Fresno State. But instead, we'll see it with uh, Miami Heat uniforms. And, uh, you know, it was uh, disappointing, of course, to see Robinson go undrafted. Um, you know, it was talks late in the, the basketball season this past year that he was looking for uh, something guaranteed, which probably put him around late first round, early second round. And uh, even though some of those projections weren't coming, he he did go through and went all in with the draft and decided to to make that move to the next level. And um, the the second round in the the draft is tricky. Uh, You've got a lot of uh, teams drafting foreign players and just grabbing those rights, not necessarily expecting them to come to their teams right away. You had teams, I think, that even forewent their draft picks. <laughs> Some of them traded them for cash. I mean, it's, the, the late second round of the NBA draft's a weird thing, so uh, being an undrafted free agent is not as... It's not quite apples to apples as it is with the NFL draft. And now Robinson's in the mix, and he's going to have to earn it here in Summer League in Las Vegas, where he's originally from. So a lot of things are, are looked to be working his way for a chance to earn that spot. Yeah, that's good to hear that uh, that he's going to get that opportunity. And, uh, uh, you know, basketball is a, another monster in itself, and that's another one that Jackson is, specializes in, uh, and he, he keeps you up to date on everything for Fresno State basketball. So if you haven't done so already, head over to thebarkboard.com where you can get all the latest updates uh, that Jackson's able to pull uh, for Fresno State football and basketball. Um, so just make sure you head over there to get all that information. Now, before we head off, Jackson, I have a little bit of an update of my own, and it's for those video game fans out there uh, who loved college football, college basketball, all the different college sports games that were uh, for video games. And I'm pretty sure, Jackson, you're one of those fans who who likes college sports. Um, it, it has been confirmed that they, it looks like they are on track to releasing the new college football game next year for the 2023 season, I believe. Uh, I think that's what they'll call it. No, maybe they'll call it 2024. Um, but it is on track to be released next year before, uh, the football season begins. And depending on how successful that release is for college football, will determine whether or not there will be a college basketball and a college baseball game to follow as well. Um, all of this being reported uh, late uh, just a few days ago. So uh, hopefully um, things stay on track and we're, we're going to get a college football game next year, Jackson. Yeah, and I've, I've got some additional good news I've heard because you know that when this initially was announced that they were trying to put the game together, I know Fresno State was one of the schools that said, "Well, you know, if our players aren't being compensated, we're not going to participate." <laughs> and uh, well, I can't imagine if a college football game came out with like 110 teams and Fresno State was one of them. That would be a major gut punch. <laughs> but uh, from what I've heard, um, every FBS school has submitted all of the. Uh, necessary paperwork or information or everything to be involved with the game. And it does look like there's going to be some payouts to schools and some name image and likeness built into all that. So um, it looks like every team is probably going to be in and that if it's a deal where it gets sorted out late, that everything will be already done behind the scenes to where uh, it won't be a, a mad dash to try to get Fresno state in the game or, try to get the stadium built, you know, generated into the, the CGI and all that stuff. So um, it would appear promising that whatever <laughs> releases that Fresno State will be a part of it if they complete the 
necessary compensation that they are committing themselves to at EA Sports. Yeah, and I've heard there's some sort of a tier process depending on how successful the teams um, are in real life. is is depends on uh, how much they're going to uh, get paid over, uh, and they're going to rate it over a 10-year success rate. Uh, and so that'll determine how much each of the schools are going to get paid and then how much uh, will go for likeness. That's something else that's going to be uh, determined still. But they are on track to getting things released and they already have the framework uh, because they did include some of college football of what it would look like in, in the new Madden games. Uh, if you play the, the you know Road to Glory or whatever it's called, uh, in the Madden game, it, it does give you a glimpse of what college football might look like. So uh, it is curious to see um, how things are going to go, but I'm, I'm hoping that they do very well and so that we can get some of the other sports um, developed as well uh, back into college football video games. Uh, so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see just how things develop uh, here in the future. But uh, I, for one, am excited, Jackson. I, I know you are too because uh, you know we're kind of video game geeks as well, too, right? Oh yeah. Now I just need to find one of those new consoles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not easy to not easy to uh, pin one down. I know they're still they still have shortages on PS5s. I was able to get mine early on uh, by sheer luck. But uh, it is very difficult to pick one of those up uh, still to date. So uh, you just have to be a little bit persistent and uh, and you'll be able to pick something up. But uh, that being said, Jackson, any final words? Um, Yeah, you know, we've got June has been a busy month and July is uh, not as busy recruiting wise as far as it is a dead period. There's no visits and there's no camps going on. Uh, but the Bulldogs are definitely, they've got a couple spots to fill, as we mentioned. Uh, there's still a lot of action going on. There's some workouts. We're sure we'll get some details from for both football and basketball. And it also gives us our chance to really preview things going into fall camp, uh, which will be here by the start of August. So uh, we've got a, a short window here to really break things down and preview everything, get a sense of where the Bulldogs are going into camp. So still a lot going on, even though. July is the uh, only month of the whole year where um, you know there's not uh, some school going on and some team participating. They're basically on campus, but uh, there will be summer workouts going on at Fresno State, and we will not be stopping any of our content and coverage at barksport.com. Absolutely, and so uh, you know if you haven't done so already, like I've said previously, head over to thebarkboard.com, become a premium subscriber. You'll get all the latest news and updates uh, before anybody else does. Before it hits the mainstream, uh, we typically have everything posted there for our premium subscribers. That being said, if you want to uh, get a hold of Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at jacksonmore247. You can find me on Twitter at Red Wave Report. And if you're not uh, one already, head over to our Facebook and give it a like. And uh, we post a lot of stuff going on uh, in our Facebook page. Just look for uh, thebarkboard.com. And then, of course, our premium boards uh, at thebarkboard.com have a lot of information. We've got both a free and a premium board. So get on over there and get your membership today. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and join us again next time as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.